This is the Used Car Dealer Podcast. Zach here, back after a summer break in another episode of the Used Car Dealer Podcast. And today we have Jim McGuire, experienced senior director of product marketing for automotive. And we're going to discuss dealership fraud, ways to prevent it at your store, and experience latest report on fraud in the industry. So Jim, to kind of get things started, talk about your background in the industry and what led you to Experian. So nice to meet you, Zach. Um, I've watched your podcast in the past and really enjoyed it. So so my background, um, it all started with the internet, right? So I was working at an internet development company back when it was a new thing. Um, and I, I was hired by a company called ADP Dealer Services to start a product. Um, that product became autotrader.com. And so I, I uh, uh, jumped right in. That was I started at the end of 1995, presented at NADA. 1996, um, and I have been in the auto industry ever since, and, and really been focused on e-commerce. Um, after I left there, uh, I went to uh, um, I'm in Chicago, so another local player. Uh, I went to go help launchcars.com. Um, so I've I've been doing um, automotive e-commerce since uh, it was a thing, uh, and have been working with dealers uh, and uh, OEMs and lenders that entire time, building products and, and bringing them to market. Wow. It sounds like you've been at the ground floor of a lot of really interesting, important kind of auto software companies, e-commerce companies in the space. And I wanted to throw out an icebreaker for you. Tell us about the first car you ever got, whether that was in high school or college or later in life. Oh, I, I uh, it was in high school and I was uh, uh, able to uh, have the pleasure of, of driving my family's 1977 Chevy Malibu classic station wagon. It was light blue with wood paneling on the sides, and it was enormous. I, I once drove 10 high school friends in that car to a concert. Um, it, wow. was a, it was a big one. Very cool. And let's kind of kick off, and I want to ask you about what are the most common forms in the auto industry for frauded dealerships, and what should people in the industry working at the store, what should they look out for and be aware of? Well, um, things are changing very quickly in the universe, but fraud's been around in the auto space for a long time, right? We've all, we've all uh, uh, sat across the desk and, and looked at paperwork and, and seen, um, you know, hey, does this match up or not? And, you know, back in the day, we, the, the mandate was to start running red flags reports. Like that was the very first mandated fraud um, um, activity that, that was not just policy, but it, it became regulations and law. Um, that still is the most basic thing you can do. But, you know, from that sitting across the desk from someone, looking at their ID, looking at them, um, checking out the paperwork, finding out, you know, as you go through the process more about that person, um, that, that has transformed because of e-commerce, right? So more and more, we're trying to pull this, this process online to start it up front, um, to make that a great experience for a consumer and to make it um, as frictionless as possible. Because we know the more that we can get up, done up front, the more likely um, they're going to have a good experience on the back end. They may not make all the same decisions. Um, you know, from, I want this, but when they get to the lot, they turns out they want that. And that's to be expected. But it's a way for dealers to compete now to be able to offer that good experience. 
unfortunately, we're also competing with other dynamics. We're competing with um, the fact that uh, fraudsters are out there just as they always have been, but now they have the tools on the other side to try to engage with dealers um, online. And um, we have to be very careful of that because um, instead of one person at a time walking to your dealership, a fraudster can hit a button on their computer and suddenly send out a hundred pieces of information to a hundred dealers. So just the, the law of big numbers makes it more challenging. Um, so it's really important um, to be looking for the different types of frauds. And they're the same, they're very similar kinds of frauds, some of them that we've always known. You know, there's vehicle fraud. Does this person own the vehicle? Does it is it are they representing the vehicle appropriately? Does the history show um, anything bad about it? Um, you know, is there still a lien on that car? Those basic vehicle fraud things. For the consumer side, you know, there's there's a hundred different ways they can misrepresent themselves, and they always have. You know, whether it's my this is what my salary is, or my job title, or how long I've worked someplace. Um, yes, I own a home, or or whatever it happens to be. And and of course, you know, a credit report gets a lot of that good information to help you understand that consumer um, in depth and look at them the same way that a lender would look at them. Um, because that's, you know, quite often, most, most often people are financing vehicles. And, and so that's really important to have a consistent uh, view. But now we've got new challenges, right? Because people are starting it online and not only are they starting it, but the, the number one uh, fastest growing type of fraud is um, identity fraud. And it's synthetic identity fraud in particular. So it's not just Oh, I've got someone's information you know, that I stole, um, which is still identity fraud. Um, in this case, it's, oh, I've got a piece of information from this identity and another piece from this one. And, and these are all valid pieces of information that check out individually. And they put them all together to create this synthetic identity, this, this Frankenstein uh, identity of all these different piece parts that, that if you don't have the right tools, um, each of the individual pieces check out, but they don't all check out for that for that person. So that's the number one thing that the dealers are encountering today. And can you explain some of the pain points, not just dealers, but also lenders and what their experience when it comes to fraud in the auto industry? Well, um, we all know that prices have gone up. And so any given transaction represents a pretty big investment on behalf of the dealer and then on behalf of the lender when they go to finance it. So someone taking the keys and driving off um, and not making that first payment, that's a real pain point for everyone involved, dealers in particular on that first payment fraud uh, default. Um, the uh, uh, so So that today, you know, even a used vehicle could be over a hundred thousand dollars, right? So, so it it is a sincere um, concern. It always has been an issue, right? But now um, there's big dollars at stake. Um, when you start to add that up over the course of a portfolio, um, if you're um, a smaller dealer, it's meaningful to you because that's a percent of your of your revenue. If you're a um, the bigger your group is, the more the bigger the dollar amount is that you're at risk. If you're a lender and you're managing a portfolio across hundreds or thousands of dealers, the risk is enormous. Um, so everyone's got a vested interest in, in accuracy and um, having the confidence um, around this. And, and what's so interesting is we just launched a research study that shows that businesses are confident in their ability to fight fraud. To, and yet when you dig in, so 70% of them um, say that they're confident in their ability to, to spot fraud in their, in their business. When you dig in a little bit, 
only 45% of them actually can quantify the impact fraud is having on their business. So a lot of confidence and yet not a lot of information. Maybe part of the reason that they're not, um, that they are so confident is because they don't understand, you know, the, the level of fraud that's going on. And why are dealers and lenders more vulnerable to fraud is digital retailing continues to evolve in our industry. So, you know, there's that famous quote from John Dillinger about why does he rob banks? Because that's where the money is. <laughs> so, in this case, a car is worth a lot, right? One car is worth an awful lot. So me, me um, scamming, you know, Amazon for a, an order is very different than me driving away with a, with a new SUV. Um, so we're at risk because of, you know, it's the second largest purchase decision the average consumer makes as a vehicle, you know, after a home. Um, so that's, that's number one, the size of it. Um, and then number two, we're trying to do the best job servicing these customers that, that we possibly can and making that online experience as seamless as possible as a goal. And it's a way that we're competing, right? I mean, in the used car business, um, the biggest, absolute biggest players, you know, Carvana as an example, they're moving it all online. And if I'm trying to compete with them, I need to be able to have tools to have a good customer experience um, as an example. So the more it moves online, the more there's an opportunity um, for mischief, uh, if you will, um, with, if you don't have the right tools in place. Um, because if you do, the more things can be digital, the more you can take some of the human element out of it and have the digital solutions to help you look for fraud, identify issues. And, and that's where you know, businesses are definitely investing. And how can dealers and lenders avoid a potential identity theft situation, very common form of fraud? Sure. Well, um, again, that most basic thing that we talked about um, is red flags reporting, right? So that's something that whenever you pull someone's credit and you go through the process, red flags are part of it. Does this does this make sense? Um, each dealer, each, each entity in the process, the lender as well, right? They all have their own thresholds for risk and what they're willing to invest in. Um, you, we recommend a multi-layered approach where you have solutions um, along the different steps in the path um, that are appropriate for the level of risk at that stage in the customer journey. If someone's looking for a vehicle on your website, just to find out about it, you're not going to be grilling them about who they are, you know, signed in to look at vehicles. We don't do that. Um, but the next step of, um, I'd like a quote. Well, to verify that person's identity um, in that process, along that path, you know, it, it is, is a little bit of science. It's certainly science, but the when you do it is the art, right? Because you don't want to, you don't want to, um, make it too hard for them to learn about the vehicles that you're merchandising. So um, if you'd like a customized quote um, and you want to understand what your monthly payment might be, which is becoming increasingly common and an expectation of consumers, um, then you need to share a little bit of your information. And as a consumer, we're willing to make that trade-off, right? And we are becoming more comfortable with sharing data. Um, in fact, um, that's one of the it's one of the very interesting things that our, our recent research showed was that consumers' appetite, their expectation for data security, um, is driving a lot of um, the opportunities for us to make this better for everyone. Because consumers know that there's fraud in the world, um, they're sixty eight percent are very concerned about it. Um, they know that um, there are 
people they're doing business with online um, have a role in helping to protect their information. And they have an expectation that they're doing that. They also know that in order to verify who they are in that process, as they get deeper into the customer journey, the purchase journey, they need to share information appropriately. Um, so consumers, as an example, are more comfortable now. Um, they believe that biometric security is the single most um, secure way of conducting business online. And it's because we're all becoming used with it. You know, put your thumbprint on your phone, take it, right. use your, use a picture of your face. Um, so, so by, by doing that again and again, they, they believe they've learned that that's, that's valid. So um, there's a high percentage of consumers that, that believe that that's the case. The majority of them, unfortunately on the business side, we see only about a little over a third of businesses have invested in that biometric security. And, and, and so there is, there's physical biometrics like I just talked about, um, and, and, and they're very tangible to a consumer. And I would say if we had had this conversation five years ago, um, and, and in fact, I know that this is the case because we did a survey five years ago, um, consumers were less open to, to, to that biometric approach. Um, now, because the world has gone that way, they're much more comfortable with it. So businesses can invest in basic um, fraud solutions and they can also invest in more sophisticated ones um, because the public is ready for them and, and appreciate them when they're installed and, and, and rolled out. Definitely agree. And Experian, they recently released the 2023 U.S. Identity and Fraud Report. Tell us a little bit about that report for the auto industry and what are some of the key takeaways in this report? Sure. Well, so the um, the report is industry uh, is agnostic, right? So it's across the entire uh, world because consumers um, and businesses were living in this in this uh, ecosystem uh, that's set about our you know based on our e-commerce activity, electronic activity every single day. Um, and so, you know, auto is, is not unique in that regard. People have expectations about security um, and businesses have needs for security across the way. So um, the, uh, you know, we talked with 2000 consumers, uh, we talked with hundreds of businesses uh, to get their uh, approaches and their strategy. And, and the, the number one takeaway um, is that fraud is shifting. Um, based on what both the consumers and businesses are telling us, fraudsters are getting more sophisticated. They're taking new tactics um, uh, that uh, no one has ever seen before um, to try to um, take advantage of consumers and, and businesses. Uh, and as a result, um, the things that were helping you yesterday, still important, but you need to protect yourself with, with uh, new approaches. So um, on the business side, um, we see that um, there's, a, there's a lot of uh, awareness that fraud is an issue. There's not necessarily um, the alignment on, on how to move forward. Um, what the most advanced businesses are doing are finding solutions that use machine learning. Uh, and the reason they do that is because machine learning can spot new patterns across all the different transactions um, to identify new types of fraud that we've never seen before. So, you know, the, the, the tools and the, and the, uh, the models, the statistical models that were evaluating fraud in the past, really good at how things worked previously and getting better, no doubt, 
but the new the new fraud is where suddenly a new approach can can take someone uh, unawares, uh, and before you catch on to what's going on, you've suddenly um, lost quite a bit. So that's on the business side. On the consumer side, um, there's a high awareness of fraud, a lot of concern about it, um, but a, a new appreciation or expectation that the businesses they're working with are, are going to um, be looking out for their personal data and, and safeguarding it on their behalf. Um, and that when the, uh, a business doesn't do that, consumers are very willing to walk away. Um, it, it, can, it can be an overriding um, experience that drives them away from doing business with that vendor that they might have been working with for many years. Um, but they just lost trust that the, that, that vendor is, is a business um, is, is helping them be safe. Um, and it's becoming more and more of an issue. Um, and this idea that... Um, that uh, uh, synthetic identities are um, the overriding new kind of, of fraud that we're seeing um, is, is something that is, is proven out statistically, not just in what we see going through our systems, um, but as reported in this report, our 2023 identity and fraud report, um, it, is a, it is a giant issue. Um, even um, the Federal Trade Commission identified it as the fastest growing type of fraud in this, in this past year. Um, so how those Frankenstein identities are put together um, is becoming more and more sophisticated, uh, more and more um, uh, opportunities. So, so the study itself shows that both consumers and businesses have a vested interest that, they're, that applying the right tools throughout the process um, is important. It's also, I mean, I, I, we talked about making it a good customer experience. Customers appreciate it when businesses recognize them online. When they come in, the experience that they had, you know, they looked at five different cars. If there's a way to identify that that's the same person and these are the five cars you looked at last time, or here's the information we remember about you from last time, as long as it's presented in a safe, secure way um, uh, where, you know, it's it's not necessarily just um, based on a cookie, but based on the consumer volunteering that this is my information, where it's a two-way street, then it's a win-win. So what has been most surprising to you about 2023 from your lens at Experian? Hmm. So um, that growth uh, uh, in fraud um, is, I guess, not surprising because the trend's been there, uh, but it just continues to grow. Uh, the number of consumers that are impacted by it, um, the number of um, incidents that, uh, that we see, um, but the, the other surprising thing, I guess it's, I guess it makes sense if you think about it when, when, when dealers or lenders put these uh, fraud solutions in place where it, it's obvious, um, that they're, they're looking for information along the way. Um, it almost has the same effect of that alarm company sign that you put in your front yard. People know that there's someone watching and just that knowledge that that's happening can actually um, deter folks, uh, deter fraudsters. Um, it's a, uh, uh, again, it's a, it's a, it's a delicate balance. Um, there's a lot of fraud um, uh, review that can be done in the background, right? Um, you know, we talked about physical biometrics, take a, take a picture of yourself as an example. 
Um, it's becoming more and more common, right? Take a picture of your, your, your driver's license, take a picture, uh, take a selfie rather, and the system compares the two. So that's physical. It's very obvious to a consumer. There's also things like behavioral biometrics. So we're getting way more sophisticated now uh, where, you know, there's solutions where you can look at speech patterns or hmm. um, even keystroke dynamics. Wow. Can, can a human <laughs> type that fast, you know, to fill out that application? Um, signature analysis. You know, so, so there's, there's behavioral biometrics um, that are not as obvious, obviously, to a consumer. Uh, but those sorts of things really um, have a place in the world now. Um, again, if I'm a fraudster and I can hit a button and send out a hundred applications at once on the other side, you need to be able to detect that, you know, this can't be a person based on the way that they're typing. No normal person types exactly in that cadence, right? Um, it, just as an example. So that's, you know, as a, so as a, as a business, you know, if as a dealership, um, I need to figure out, you know, how much I'm, what my appetite is for investing in, in fraud avoidance. And honestly, it's like anything else. It takes a string of bad experiences and suddenly people are very interested. You know, it's a, it, it'd be better to be proactive and, and hit, it, hit it up front. Uh, but uh, quite often it's, I've had an issue. I've learned my lesson. Now I need to go make an investment. Very true. So my next question, what automotive futures, and I had defined automotive futures as like digital retail, EV tech, autonomous tech are you most excited about? So <clears throat> all those things are interesting, um, you know, and experience. We're a data company and each one of those things has data associated with it. And the data can be used for preventing fraud like we're talking about. The data can be used for optimizing business, right? Whether it's I have a better understanding of, of the dynamics of my marketplace or of my customer base, um, a better understanding of the, the people I'm doing business with. So the, the data that's associated with all those sort of forward-looking things, and that includes vehicle data, connected car data, right? Um, that is the part that we're most excited about. Um, the At every step of the way, um, we're, we're going to be able to do a better job of understanding what's going on in the marketplace, going on with your customers, going on with their interactions with their vehicles, and then also predicting right? We're all about trying to figure out what's going to happen next. So um, who's likely to buy a vehicle next or who's likely to have a need? How can I better service this customer along the way? Um, so those, that aspect is, is very exciting to me and the, and the army of data scientists that we have here at Experian Automotive. So Jim, if you were a small to mid-sized used car dealer and you were looking to protect your dealership from fraud after listening to this podcast, and we're definitely going to link the Experian uh, report in this as well, what would be your next steps? So my next steps as a dealer would be to talk to um, the, the trusted dealer service providers I'm working with today. Um, I'm going to talk to my to my uh, FNI systems provider. I'm going to talk to my um, uh, DMS provider. I'm going to talk to um, my uh, companies that are providing me with with either credit reports or with um, other security solutions. My my company that's providing my dealer website. I'm going to talk with all of them. And I'm going to understand from their perspective what solutions can they bring to the table because. Fraud is such an overarching 
um, trend that all of them have a, a piece of the puzzle to bring to the table. And that multi-layered approach that I talked about is, is this is how you achieve it, right? So, so the, the, your, your, your dealer service providers that you're working with today um, have solutions that can help you along the way. Now, you don't want to pay for the same solution three different times from three different providers, right? So you want to make sure you understand how they work together. Um, and then the questions you want to ask them are things you know, along the lines of how seamless will this be in my workflow? Is this going to help people um, not only protect everyone, but is it going to help us get through the transaction process uh, more easily? Um, you'll want to ask them about where the data is stored and how it's managed and, and make sure that you're comfortable because, you know, obviously dealers have their own obligations for protecting data, which are now regulated uh, more recently than ever. Um, and you'll want to understand if those solutions are taking advantage of advanced technologies. Um, you know, the average dealer is not going to go spin up an AI solution on their own to go figure out uh, if, if fraud trends in their dealership, but the people are working with are. Right. So talk to them. Are they using machine learning? Are they using uh, uh, as a way any, you know, the tools to identify new trends as they come. So you're not just preparing for the issues you have today, but you're future proofing. Uh, for those issues down the road. And lastly, Jim, can you give us an idea of what's coming down the pipeline from Experian and yourself for the rest of 2023? Well, um, as you can imagine, you know, Experian's very focused on keeping everyone's data safe and secure. Um, so we have, and we and we do that with solutions directly with the industry and also um, you know, we provide data and services to half the technology companies that are out there working in the auto industry today. So um, there's definitely opportunities um, uh, for us to figure out better ways to get our solutions embedded uh, in in the the dealer with the dealer service providers that everyone's working with today. So that's a that's a big focus. Next, um, we're looking at new ways to identify fraud. Um, and um, to do it in a way that is um, seamless in the process um, and, and uh, is, a, is transparent to the extent that it needs to be for everyone and compliant, of course, right? Um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, questions um, that, that we get. Um, we're always reviewing it through security lens and through a compliance lens. So we want to keep everyone um, safe, secure, and good with the regulators. Well, Jim, it's been an awesome pleasure to have you on this episode to talk about automotive fraud. I feel a lot more knowledgeable after this conversation, and I'm sure our listeners will as well. So thanks for coming on the podcast today. Zach, I really appreciate the opportunity to talk with you and your listeners.